0: This is the best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right. My man, Will Brinson. Pick six podcast, senior NFL writer, Sports.com. In our first little bit here, I want to talk about Ben Johnson not the steroid-using Canadian sprinter back in, what was it, Nineteen? was it 88? Was it 88 How in, in like Australia? Something like that. No, I think, it was, I think it was further back than that, no? I don't know. But we all know that Ben Johnson used a lot of steroids. But there's a different... 87, 88, which is when uh, Ben Johnson of the Lions was born, I think. <laughs> well, uh, he is a, a walk-on backup quarterback at the University of North Carolina. For one whole year, he has been the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. And according to what I read from Joe Person in The Athletic, the buzz in coaching circles is that David Tepper is enamored with Ben Johnson, should we all be worried. Um, enamored. Nah, it's too early in the process. To enamored. At all. Okay.
1: Enamored. The and Amber, uh, to actually to to uh, directly quote Chairperson, uh, right? Uh, I, I Johnson, Innovative schemes helped the Lions finish fifth in the NFL in scoring offense. Yeah, his total offense, his first season. Sure. Degrees from UNC in math and computer science. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. No, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I, I mean, David. Anything David Tepper does worries me in general. <laughs> so i i think that if you're if you're if you're a head coach if you're if you're an owner if you're a fan if you're a fan of an n f l team right and it's the first week of it's wild card weekend, wild card week monday right super wild card weekend hasn't even finished and your your owner has already decided uh that he is going to uh that he's locked into one candidate like that would be no concern me right um and i don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing that like ben johnson uh, could be the candidate i'll just i'll just note that like, uh, and I don't want to. I don't I don't want to call into question anything that um, either uh, Joe Person or my colleague Jonathan Jones. Right. I think those are sort of leading the reports there. Uh, I, I just think that you know when you when you look at this, it's there's so much. This is lying season, right? And, yes, and it this is. is when, this is when you you have people um, you know suggesting. I, like, I, I think I would hold off on, on on assuming that David Tepper is just going to lock in this 36-year-old right. one-time offensive coordinator who happened to go to Carolina for, you know, get two degrees from Carolina. Is he a candidate? Absolutely. But we've seen a couple different things. One, and I was texting with you about this. Yeah. You know, John Har- Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, uh, from Michigan – you know, is, was trying to use David Tepper for leverage to generate interest from other jobs very clearly. Like he mm-hmm. kept calling, calling calling the Panthers. And David, David Tepper's not interested in him, according to, you know, leaks from that side. Um, You know, then you have the report on Sunday that Sean Payton is interested in the Panthers' job. Gosh, so, no, like, he's not. I mean, I don't think it's impossible that he's not. I, I don't think it's less, I think it's less likely. He's but not. A, a, but a lot of, <laughs> look, David Tepper has a lot of money. Yes, he, he does. is. Everyone knows he's very reactionary. Uh-huh. Everyone knows he wants a big star to be a head right. coach. So you have these two, you know, former NFL head coaches who are trying to get back in the game and trying to leverage. Um, maybe Sean is trying to leverage the Chargers or leverage the Cowboys. Maybe Jim Harbaugh's trying to leverage the Colts. You know, if they have, if if the Panthers are hypothetically interested in these people, then you know the other team. It's just you know, it's how it works, right? I mean, you right. Know, the other teams might uh, might have more interest in them. Likewise, if the Panthers are interested in somebody else it helps to reduce that leverage that is being used against them and it helps to say oh you know maybe you know like my point being is it's too early in the process to assume that the Panthers are locked into one guy even though the Lions offense was fantastic
0: so I shouldn't be worried until we start hearing lusting after um I would say uh, hot and heavy (laughs) like Jake Jermell <laughs> they're uh, they're picking out China patterns. That's I think my, what I think
1: my dad. I think my dad, my parents. One of my parents used the phrase "hot and heavy" when we we're like when I was in like middle and high school. It's
0: like, please don't ever do that again. Oh, that's such a nineteen seventies. What are you doing? Like, I can't. Like I have friends here. What are you? You guys hot and heavy? It's like, what are you doing? All right. So before we get to Sean Payton, I well, I, I don't want to talk about chargering just yet. Okay, but. I do want to talk about Peyton's infatuation, which I think would be understandable with the the quarterbacking clay that is Justin Herbert. Sure. Um, what are the chances that he he or his representatives really only want that job? Pretty pretty
1: high. Um, you know, the the he has been living in Manhattan Beach. He's been working for Fox, right? You remember
0: Fox's um yeah, he's not good, game. by the way. He's terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really watch any pregame. I mean, I watch why, the NFL on CBS. I watch seen, the NFL today. I'm sorry. I, I watch the NFL today. I, don't, I know you do. Fox, I know you do. So I don't know. I don't know what we happening. saw
0: Jonathan Jones report.
1: Yeah, I don't watch the Arrested Development leading up to the, <laughs> <laughs> <to> the I <kickoff. laughs> not around watching skips, the episode of Skip, Skip Scramble waiting for the NFL <laughs> games to kick off. That's not what I do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I, I, Peyton is – I think Peyton interesting. I, I love Sean Peyton. I, oh. like Sean Payton's one of my favorite characters in the NFL. I want him back in football. Right. He's a Good um, coach. He's he's, yeah. he's a great coach. Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer. Hall of famer. Like so you guys, you know. Once uh once he almost saw me blow up my ACL in a, in a in a in a bathroom at the combine. Um somebody swung the door open too hard. I didn't jump out of the way. Payton goes, You better be careful there. I blew up my ACL on the sidelines like that one time.
0: Oh. Um <laughs> Uh, to me, he's Andy. He's like a uh, Andy Reid. Light is yeah, Sean Payton. Or New Orleans Andy Reid, like a less barbecue
1: yeah. Andy Reid, <laughs> a less cheeseburger. Um, yeah, more cheeseburger, <laughs> less barbecue. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I, I think I think that he, in a perfect world, he would get to pick a GM and take over the Chargers, and he would be really good with them. Oh yeah, and so and and that's the job he's been eyeing. Again, he we were working for Fox. He lives in Manhattan Beach. You know, he, he won't have to move very far. I don't think that Sean Payton would take the Carolina job, and it's not just because of the owner. It's not just because of the quarterback. It's, and I'm not saying it's off the table completely. Um, it's also because he would have to play the Saints twice a year, and it would, nice. it would eradicate his reputation and his legacy in New Orleans, which is like he is beloved in New Orleans. Unless he tanked both those games.
0: If he purposely submarined the Panthers and got the Saints the number one pick in 2023, yes, have you ever be. seen Tom Glavin's record against the Atlanta Braves when he was I, with the I, Mets? That's the only reason I forgive him for going to. Come on, him. come on. He was a hero in Atlanta for being a mole for five right. years in New York. Love it. Love it. I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm, I'm never going to get over that, ever. Well, you know what? Um, I'm just never going to get over that.
1: You know, you, you, you got this team that's you got this. You guys are the new Yankees. I, liked, and and everybody I like liked Tom Glavin
0: better when he was a Brave <laughs> I did than too. I did, much better than when he became a Met. And I uh, I really grew to hate Tom Glavin when he became a Met. That's well, just, I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, I love Tom <laughs> Glavin.
1: Um, sure I love do. Tom Glavin more yeah. the, <laughs> than um, I, I think that Sean Payton, the, the problem is. So you look around at the jobs, like he, he's, Sean Payton is a smart dude. He Mm -hmm. knows that he's, you, you, you only get, you don't get, you you know, he he got to pick his job once. Right. Right. And he is, um, he is, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be, I think he's going to be cautious or careful when he selects his job. I don't think he's just going to say, okay, what jobs are available? I will just take the best one. Um, he is going to leverage. Like, I don't think Arizona's off the table because they have Kyler Murray. Oh, gosh. Why would you do that?
0: He would get total control of that organization. So, so he can get rid of Kyler Murray. I, I think he likes Kyler Murray. He, I mean, it's he thinks shame. he
1: can do stuff with Kyler Murray.
0: I'm sure he um, does. But, nah.
1: Well, I mean, but, like, if, look, If, if Sha- here's the thing. If Sean Payton were to go to the Broncos or to the Cardinals, it would change my opinion of
0: those quarterbacks. Well, at yeah, they'll be the better. Career. Look, I think Russell can still be good. I don't think Russell is necessary. Yeah, are you playing good. after that rumor? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, look, I I think Russell can still be good. I don't think Russell is done. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of miles, but I I don't think Russell is done. I think that makes more sense, but I think the Broncos the Broncos is a way more high pressure job. The way I look at it, the easiest job in the NFL is to be a, a guy like Sean Payton going to the Los Angeles Chargers because what do they have? What standard do they have to live up to? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. If he makes the playoffs a few years in a row and wins a couple of playoff games, they'll they'll name streets for him. Well, here's the other thing, too. Let's say he wants a charter job and he wants it really badly. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuda with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take
1: control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888 843 0013 888 843 or text Adam to 600700 Adam Gold is a Books Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. He's not going to take the Broncos' job or the Cardinals' job or the Panthers' job this offseason because he has to look at this and say, man, look, Staley just blew this 27 nothing lead. Yep. Charger did his way right out of the playoffs. And if they don't, if they if they fail in any form or fashion to live up to the hype next year, he's he's definitely gone. You know, right? So I think I think Peyton will Matt, wait. He, if wait, if a minute. he truly is enamored with the Chargers job, I think he'll just wait one more year. Why like, not? Like, it would be it would be insane to say, you know what, I can't
0: wait one more year for this job. I'm going to take the Panthers job. You knew what I was going to ask you next. If he doesn't get the job he really wants. Just sit it out. It's it. It will come available soon. Real, real quick before we take our first break. Chances that Jeff Saturday is the head coach of the Indianapolis
1: Colts. Uh, it, sure. I mean, it, it,
0: anything is possible, Jimmersey. Right, and not in that. I think they say wants to hire him based on what I've read. What's that? I think Ursay wants to hire him. He's looking for a uh, reason you, to hire him. You
1: think he wants to hire him? Of course he wants to hire him. He's, he loves the idea of Jeff Saturday being his full-time coach. it will be hilarious, too. Like, <laughs> all, this, all the dumb stuff that Jeff Saturday did this season, all the clock mismanagement, all the just, like, insanely bad coaching. I mean, it was like, okay, a good time. at least it's an interim job, and we knew that this was just a weird situation, and he hired you. I, I also think that Jim Ursay. Uh, and I believe that they put in a request to hire to interview Don Martindale, Don Wink Martindale, right. defensive sure. um, Jim Irsay, I think hired Jeff Saturday in the middle of the season, knowing that that would be the, like he wanted to rip the bandaid of the public humiliation off early of right. hiring somebody from ESPN. You get him some games under his belt and then you can justify like, all right, I'm hiring this guy full time.
0: Yeah, he can. And if that's who he wants, that's who he's going to hire. And Uh, We can all sit back and enjoy the show with Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. All right. When we come back, we'll get into super bloated, puffy wild card weekend, which so far, my six-team parlay is alive. That's right. I've got Tampa tonight. Should we start with Chargering? By the way, do you think Chargering is more devastating than Clemsoning? (laughs) <laughs> um, I, mean, I think, da- yeah, absolutely. Chargers are yeah. been going on for a long, long time.
1: Um, I would, I certainly wouldn't be the one to comment on whether or not Phillip Rivers gave a speech to the Chargers before that game. Um, <laughs> that would not be my place to to discuss that, uh, whether or not that happened. You know, look, Clemson got eradicated thanks to David Sweeney. Right. Came along, won some titles. Clemson is not a thing. Uh, anyone that suggests it is, you see, know, like, I mean, I know, I mean, I know some Clemson fans. Mitchell, Jimmy, you know who you are. Uh, you know these guys at this point are like. Oh, I mean, I guess you know we can go to this New Year's Six Bowl. So, you know, <laughs> Clemson fans are spoiled. Chargers yes. fans, Chargers fans ain't want a thing. Right? Like I do radio in San Diego every week with my buddy Darren Smith, um, and I don't know if there are even Chargers fans out there anymore. They certainly don't pull for the Los Angeles Chargers. No, but like I've been doing it for a long time. I've been picking the Chargers to be good for a long time. <laughs> there are very few people in the NFL media that are more. In tune with charging than I am, and I'm telling you, charging way worse than Clemson. I think it is was, too
0: because they find creative ways to lose. Yes, Clemson uh, as, just as, lost
1: a lot, right? Lost the, big games the a single, lot. As the single greatest State Farm agent in the state of North Carolina, Franklin Rouse once said, "NC State are the great innovators of pain, and the Chargers are the NFL version of NC State." Wow.
0: I mean, I look. I don't know if. I'm not going to slam Brandon they're Stanley. to Franklin, it's all right. Oh, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to slam Brandon Stanley. But how do you lose a 27 nothing lead to a team that is on life support at that point? I mean, Trevor Lawrence had thrown four interceptions. They turned it over five times in the first half. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, I think you know it was.
1: It's easy to come back in the NFL these days. I mean, we've seen we've seen crazy comebacks. Now, should you give up a twenty-seven nothing lead, a twenty-seven nothing like second quarter, like late second quarter lead? Absolutely not. But it it was one of those things where, given everything that happened, if you're the Jaguars, you're like, okay, Trevor Lawrence has never thrown a first quarter interception in his his NFL career. He just threw three. Yeah, I think he threw three of them on on, uh, Saturday. Four. Wait, it threw the fourth. The fourth was in the second quarter, I think. Oh, first quarter. Okay, yes. Yeah, there was the first yeah. half. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. I meant first quarter. Yeah. Um. So you throw all those picks. You have a, a football bounce off somebody's helmet on a punt. Punt mm-hmm. return and go to the other team. The Chargers <laughs> are set up three times inside the red zone to begin drives. Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, okay, we're. I mean, only down twenty-seven, nothing. I mean, that's a, that's four scores. Like, you can score, I mean. You can score four touchdowns in a half. I mean, that's doable. You can They get the touchdown before half. And it was like, okay, Ah, see that was it. Wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Because if you go to half 27, nothing or like 35, nothing, it, it feels, it feels over. You go to half, they get that touchdown and credit Doug Peterson. That man has a gigantic bag of onions hanging from <laughs> uh, his, his, his lower, his abdomen, his, his, yeah, his headset. Yeah. Or his headset, whatever. Um, he went for it on that fourth down. They could have kicked and made it twenty-seven-three. Just to, you know, get points on the board, right. you know, whatever it is. He goes for it. Right move. They pick up the first down. They go and get a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's twenty-seven-seven, and you go to half. And it, it's just one of those things. again. Like I was, I was on the I was texting ATW right group group chat. It's like, look, we know what we know what this would be like if you're if you're an NC State fan, and you're up twenty-seven, you're up twenty-seven-seven at half, yeah. and you come out and go three and out. I'm not talking about this current state team. I'm just talking about, you know, in general. Right, in general. Um, And you go three and out, and then the other team scores a touchdown, and all of a sudden it's 27-14. Like, you can leave the stadium because you know what the ending is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and that's how, I, as somebody who's closely followed the Chargers and knows about the Chargers and knows that Brandon Staley's under a lot of pressure and knows that Justin Herbert has never, you know, played in a playoff game, um, you know, it, it was, they weren't very composed. Right. And the Jaguars were playing loose, and the Chargers
0: were playing tight. And the second it got to 27-14, I felt like the the Jaguars were just going to win the game. And the Jaguars- I did too. I did too. It would have been interesting had the Chargers not missed that short field goal. Uh, but I think jag the Jaguars would have just scored the touchdown that they would have needed anyway. Uh, yeah, but and they like, would have won the game. And here is the other thing about Brandon Staley. He,
1: he, last year in his first season, he was super aggressive on fourth down to the point where I believe Adam that ownership in the front office, went to him this offseason before this year and told him they didn't like the bad press and the buzz that his fourth down attempts were getting and asked him to kind of ease back on them. And so you see him in spots like this. Like, Doug Peterson, there's a holding call on fourth and three. Or third and three, excuse me. Yeah. Could have made it third and 13. Uh, in, instead, Doug Peterson declined the penalty. Yeah. Brandon Staley goes for that last year. Right. On third, fourth and three, you go for it. You go, you know, make it a 17 point lead and end the game. And instead, they try to kick, shank, yada, 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 shanks a kick, Yep, yada, 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 chargering.
0: Yep, it is. Um, and even more reason to go for it if you're the Brandon Staley of last year is that uh, it's like they're daring you to go for it, and he would have met that challenge. And whether they would have gotten it or not, they probably would have missed it. Uh, but it maybe it would have been better than missing the field goal. Definitely would have been better than missing the field goal. All right, to uh, to Buffalo was Josh Allen point shaving. Does he think that, or does maybe it's not just Josh? Maybe it's just Buffalo. Do they think that there's any chance that they can lose? Because my read is that Buffalo plays as though they know they're going to win, so it doesn't matter what they do. I, I thought Buffalo
1: played that game. So they got out to a seventeen nothing lead against a inferior Dolphins team that was starting Skylar Thompson. Right. and I thought, I mean, at one point, like we might see our pal Mike Glennon come in, uh, yeah. depending on what Teddy Brid- Mike was active. Right. Um, you know, depending on what Teddy Bridgewater did, of, of course, if he was if he was capable with that broken finger, you know, it's seventeen nothing in with twelve forty nine in the second quarter, with Tyler Bass makes a thirty three yard field goal. It felt like the game was over. Felt like the Bills were going to not just cover the ten point spread, but cover the you know alternate twenty three point spread that you know whatever it is. Um, and it was at that point that, and, and this is this is what's interesting, not not just about the but specifically about the Bills, but other you know, NFL teams in general. Like, you know, at that point did the, the Bills start thinking about the Chiefs or thinking about the Bengals? You know, were they were they looking ahead and not able to like wh- what what this is? The, and we asked this on the podcast last night. It's like, what about? the way that the rest of that game played out, like, does that say something about the bills mentality? Does mm-hmm. it say something about how Josh Allen is going to play this postseason? Cause he was, he was footloose and fancy free with careless, football. very careless. careless, reckless even. Yeah. Um, sort of inviting Miami to get back in this game, three field goals later it's 17 and nine. And if you, you know, the old adage, like you give a, you know, give a bad team some hope, let them hang around and, and you know, they can make you pay for it. And, so, they did. <laughs>
0: yeah, they almost did. I mean, my Miami had the lead in the second half. They had yeah. the lead. I like I, I just I can't figure I want Buffalo to, I really do. I want Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. I do not think they're gonna beat the Bengals. I don't I think the Bengals I think the Bengals are gonna win too. I do. But the Bengals are down three offensive linemen, so that's not great. All right. Well uh we'll talk about well, I don't know if we have time to get get to them. Uh we are going to talk about the super bloated sixth game of Wildcard weekend with the Cowboys taking on the Tom Brady's next for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done uh, All right, one more game before we talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Tom Bradys. So Minnesota had a chip on their shoulder pretty much all week talking about, hey, we're 13 and four, which facts only. But the reason why people doubted them was because at 13-4, and they still had a negative point differential. And they turned in one of the all-time worst defensive performances that we have seen in a playoff game from a team with 13 wins over the course of the regular season. Did I get this right? There were 20 different plays of more than 10 yards, and 26 plays either went for more than 10 or for a first down in the game? (laughs) <laughs> I oh, yeah. believe that is correct. I mean, look,
1: Danny Dollars is who is balling out against that Minnesota. I mean, you talk about you couldn't ask for a better, I get paid this offseason game for Daniel Jones right. matchup than the Minnesota Vikings in this horrendous defense. Look, credit, Brian Dable deserves a ton of credit yes, for the job. Did. He did coaching up the, the Giants this season uh, and the job he did coaching against the Vikings. Now, Kevin O'Connell did a great job coaching up the Vikings this year too, but they were 11-0 in one-score games. I've beaten this drum all year long. You cannot go, I mean, you can go 11 0 in one score games. That's the NFL record. Right. I believe they had eight fourth quarter comebacks, which is tied for the NFL record. Uh-huh. It, it, it there is, it has been statistically determined. There is reg- it's re- regression to the mean. You will eventually these one score games in 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 NFL games yep. will even out over the course of a longer sample size. Now, what usually happens is when you go 11-0 in the regular season, and then you face the other one, the one-score wonders, the Giants, you get bit in the ass by trying to buy, play with fire all season long, and that's what happened to the Vikings. Now, they had a, you know, they had chances to win. Sure. The defense just played awful. The Giants were 7-13 on third down, 431 yards, 6.3 yards per play. The Vikings were good on offense, too. Um, this was two questionable defenses, and one really explosive offense in the Vikings that didn't show up the way we thought it would. Right. And another fairly explosive offense in the Giants, it showed up in a much bigger way. I think resting their players in um in Week 18 certainly helped. Yeah, Uh, the Giants Saquon Barkley looked fresh. Did he look great? And Daniel Jones, man, I mean, yeah, he was he was has been a laughing stock in New York for several years. Former number six overall pick out of Duke. Mm -hmm. Dave Gettleman took him too high. Probably could have waited a little bit, but he he. He's playing great football under Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator. Right. And I'll tell you who else is uh had a day. Dexter Lawrence. Oh my there. gosh.
0: He had eight, what he had, eight
1: quarterback pressures or something? Some very, very mean things to
0: uh NC State legend Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, I mean uh Wake Forest guy, uh Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. March, yeah. Right from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Um not not Wake was, Forest went to Clemson, but he was from Wake Forest, yeah. Rollsville. I don't know if think, it was the Mike combined Clark, high school at that point. I think Mike Clark. I I, I could be wrong with this, but I'm pretty sure he told me. I remember him saying it was like the like
1: one of the two of the three best prospects he's ever like covered. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, like local in North Carolina, Todd Gurley, Dexter Lawrence were like two of the top three. I mean, like Dexter Lawrence, just I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's a he's an interior defensive tackle, so people were hesitant to you know to take right. him early in the first round, but like he is showing, just like Vita Vea in Tampa Bay, where
0: it's okay. Like yeah. That dude can get pressure from the interior because you just can't block him if you're. Like, I mean, no, pre- t- and pressure up the middle is you can't do anything with it if you're uh, if you're a quarterback if they, if, if the pressure right. is coming right up the middle you have no chance, uh, especially if you're uh, if you're a little immobile like uh, like Mister Kirk Cousins. All right, Kirby I, Cousins. I, Kirby, yeah. Kirby. By the way, love the three yard completion to uh, Hockenfuss on uh, fourth down and eight or whatever it was. I mean, well, it's it's. It's like so, like emblematic of, of Kirby. It like, is. You, you do that. You have to throw to the sticks. It was throw to the sticks. A chef's kiss ending for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, final thing. We got two minutes. Tom Brady versus the Dallas Cowboys, coached by Mike McCarthy. I mean, I'm not. Dallas is the better team. I'm convinced that Dallas has better players than Tampa. But why do I feel like we know the outcome here? <laughs> um. Because
1: because it's because we are biased. I mean, it's because we think that Mike McCarthy's going to gag in this spot and that Dak Prescott leads the league in interceptions or led the league in interceptions this year. And it's because Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is the single greatest quarterback in the history of professional football, probably the greatest athlete in the history of professional sports or all sports or the history of the world. And... (laughs) Went eight nine, won the division, snuck into the playoffs, gets to host a game, yeah. and the NFL decided to give this freaking the goat some like put him on like he's on life support, and they just decided to like Undertaker give him and let him just come back and get the Cowboys at home. I mean, I've been I've been penciling this game in, I've been circling this game to take Tampa as a home dog for, like three months. <laughs> if we're the Panthers, uh, I'm, I'm the, it's like minus seven. I'm taking the Cowboys, right? But like. And maybe I'm wrong in the Cowboys roll in the spot. I mean They're better. The, They're, the Cowboys are the better team. If the Cowboys show up and play their best possible game and the Bucks show up and play their best possible game, the Cowboys will win. Yep. But I don't <laughs> believe that the Cowboys are going to show up in Tampa and play their best game. And I think that Mike McCarthy's butt's going to pucker up at some point. And sorry, Robbie. And he's going to make he's going to, right? and he's going to make some kind of super conservative Coaching decision, and the thing about Dak this year is that we have seen in every game he like justifies both sides of the first take, like the hot take argument on him. He like he's throwing a great pass, and he's throwing a, just a
0: boneheaded interception. Yep. And I think we get some of that uh, against against Tampa. Well, if it does, I know it's uh, it's just fake units, but it's plus seventeen eighty. Uh, in place your bets into the uh, into the call for some people I know. Yeah, you go six and zero straight up on the right. on the. I'll go to a Weekend. That's great. That's yeah. You go 6-0 in your picks. It's pretty good. Some people I know have actual real units on it. Uh, Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, cbsports.com Pick 6 podcast moderator. I'll talk to you later, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, man. See you.
1: away.